Hey everyone, and welcome to Theana Money, where we seek to help the good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. This is Jeremy, the host of Theana Money. Many of you likely heard of the changing definition of recession recently, at a time that is very politically convenient for the Biden administration. Definitions are important. Next week, my friend uh, Rocky will drop an episode of his podcast, For the King, where I came on as guest to talk about ESG. And a lot of that episode was related to definitions. Check that out when it drops next week, Wednesday, or if you listen to this episode uh, after, you know, five days after it's dropped, then that episode should be out already and you can go ahead and listen to it as soon as you finish this one. So a lot of times, whether or not you agree with someone depends on your definition of terms. To use an example that was mentioned in that episode with Rocky, that one you can check out next week, like I just said, say someone asks if I am in favor of energy that is good for the environment. I need to know what they mean by that before I answer. As a Christian, especially a post-Mithianimous Christian, I think stewardship of the planet is important and part of dominion, but that does not mean that everything someone claims is good for the planet actually is. If someone asked me that question, but his version of energy sources that are good for the environment means windmills and solar panels and switching to electric vehicles instead of using combustion engine vehicles, then I'm against that because those things are not actually good for the environment. Now, if we mean using nuclear power plants because they are cleaner and more efficient while looking for even cleaner and even more efficient sources of power i'm all for that at some point next year i might have a friend on the podcast who is actually working on that very thing cleaner and more efficient sources of power than nuclear power plants if that happens he won't be able to say too much about how it works because a lot of it's pretty top secret stuff like He had me sign an NDA over uh, the stuff that he's working on before he could tell me too much about it. So there's things he can't say, but also there's things about your product you say as part of a good sales pitch. So maybe next year, once things are up and running, he can come talk about that on the podcast. Anyways, this week we are not talking about the environment, but about definitions and recessions and how the Biden administration more or less changed the definition of recession right before stats came out that would deem us to be in a recession by the decades-old understanding, which is very Orwellian, if you ask me. But before we jump into all that, I just want to ask you all if you like the auto money too, subscribe to the podcast tell your friends about it, and check out that For the King podcast that I mentioned a bit ago. Rocky's got a lot of great content there, and uh, he is not quite as niche as a theonomic economics podcast, so 
he talks about things on his podcast that I either don't or only do on occasion because they start to get outside of what Theana Money is supposed to be about. So what is the standard definition or marker of a recession? The one that I said has been used for a long time now. It is two consecutive quarters of negative real GDP growth. Now, that uses some technical language, so let me explain what I mean by two consecutive quarters of negative real GDP growth. As you probably assume, quarters refers to quarters of the year, as in three-month periods. But not just any three-month period, but the specific ones of January to March, April to June, July to September, and October to December. Those are the same quarters that companies use to measure all kinds of various aspects of the business, especially if that company's fiscal year matches the calendar year. So two consecutive quarters, so six months in a row, half a year, of negative GDP growth, of negative real GDP growth. This means that if in the quarter of January to March there was negative GDP growth, but in the quarter of April to June, there was positive growth, even if it was the smallest percentage of positive growth. And then in the quarter of July to September, there was negative GDP growth again. Then that technically is not a recession because the quarters were not consecutive. This is why there have been times when the economy was tight and it felt like we were in a minor recession. But technically we were not because we managed to always get in some positive GDP growth uh, during one or two of the quarters to keep us from technically being in a recession. Now, when I said always there, I don't mean like we've never been in a recession. We have, but just there are times we almost were, but because one of those consecutive quarters just barely broke positive real GDP growth, then we didn't in that instance. Now, you've heard me say that word real, real GDP growth, not just GDP growth. And that's an important part of the definition because of inflation. The difference between real GDP and nominal GDP is that real GDP factors in distortions that nominal GDP does not, such as inflation or fluctuations in currency rates. This is important because when there is little change in GDP, we could have positive nominal GDP growth but negative real GDP growth. And that could make the difference between whether or not we are technically in a recession if the quarter before or after that one also showed negative real GDP growth. And GDP is shorthand. I've been using this term this whole time. You may be wondering what I'm talking about. It's shorthand for gross domestic product. You hear in there gross, as in total, and domestic product, as in products made domestically at home in your nation. The Bureau of Economic Analysis defines GDP as a comprehensive measure of U.S. economic activity. GDP measures the value of the final goods and services produced in the United States without double counting the intermediate goods and services used up to produce them. Changes in GDP are the most popular indicator of the nation's overall economic health.
The BEA also writes, the nation's gross domestic product totals trillions of dollars. Most often, the number you'll hear people refer to as GDP is a percentage. That's the rate of change in real GDP from the previous quarter or year. Real or chained GDP numbers have been adjusted to remove the effects of inflation over time so that different periods can be compared. Now, don't confuse GDP with GNP, gross national product. The BEA defines GNP as the market value of goods and services produced by labor and property supplied by U.S. residents, regardless of where they are located. It was used as the primary measure of U.S. production prior to 1991 when it was replaced by gross domestic product. GDP. So GDP would not include things that United States citizens outside of the country produce, but GNP would. That's the major distinction between the two. Now, going back to the definition of GDP, two consecutive quarters of negative real gross domestic product growth. GDP growth is when naturally the GDP grows, the percentage of it, and change, the change in percentage from quarter to quarter or year to year is positive, not negative. Negative GDP growth is when the measurements of the GDP show that it shrank instead of grew. I honestly am not sure why the term negative growth is used instead of something else like shrinkage or decline. But I was not a studied economist when those terms were brought into popularity. I wasn't even born yet then because I'm sure these are like decades and decades old terminology. So I'll use the terms that are commonly used as long as they make sense to use them. And I don't have any issues with the phrase negative GDP growth rather than saying GDP shrinkage or falling GDP or GDP decline or whatever other term we could say instead. So two consecutive quarters of negative real GDP growth is the technical definition of recession, and it has been for a long time. Like I said a couple minutes ago, this is why sometimes when it feels like we are in a recession, we technically are not because we didn't have two quarters in a row of a negative real GDP growth. Now, you may ask why this is the definition of a recession and not just the economy doing poorly or having a hard time. The reason for that is because we have to have a standard of what qualifies as a recession. We have to have a line for when a downturn in the economy crosses the line from just economic adjustments to an actual recession. Because the GDP is such a great measurement of the overall economy of the United States, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth is what was decided to be that line. That line has to exist to have an objective standard of a recession, and this line makes more sense than a lot of others. So yes, inflation, unemployment, and many other things are related to recessions, often probably both causes and results because the problems rebound off of one another. 
but those things are not used as the definition to mark what is and is not a recession, but the two or more consecutive quarters of negative real GDP growth is. If you wanted to word it this way, I guess you can call that the end-all be-all indicator of what is or is not a recession, rather than the definition of recession itself, but either way, whatever way, if you want to call that the definition or if you just want to say that's an indicator, a marker, a way to have a line of what is and isn't a recession, whatever way you want to call this, this is still what determines whether or not we are in a recession. Now, just before the end of June and the close of the second quarter of this year, or Q2 for short, the Biden administration put out a document about what does or does not constitute a recession. Many people speculated, and I believe they are correct, so I am one of those people, that the Biden administration did this because Q1 saw negative GDP growth, and most people expected Q2 to see negative GDP growth once again. And it did. So let's look at whitehouse.gov in the exact words and read them from the statement on the current recession. What is a recession? While some maintain that two consecutive quarters of falling real GDP constitute a recession, that is neither the official definition nor the way economists evaluate the state of the business cycle. Instead, both official determinations of recessions and economists' assessment of economic activity are based on a holistic look at the data, including the labor market, consumer and business spending, industrial production, and incomes. Based on these data, it is unlikely that the decline in GDP in the first quarter of this year even if followed by another GDP decline in the second quarter, indicates a recession. If you remember that definition or marker of a recession we just spent several minutes looking at, that would mean that by all accounts, the United States is in a recession, or coming out of one, which we wouldn't know until hindsight from Q3 stats will be completed and show us whether we still had negative real GDP growth or not in Q3. And we won't know that until after September is over. But the Biden administration had to do damage control before the bad news hit in order to get ahead of it. They had to make sure that all the peasants know that we are not in a recession and in fact the economy is doing really great. And don't forget how bad 2020 was, so Trump was a bad president for the economy whereas President Biden has been great for the economy. Though they didn't explicitly say this, I believe they also want us to know that war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength, and underneath the hair he is sniffing, President Biden has a smile. If you continue on in the article, which is linked in the description if you want to read it for yourself, you will hear how the proper way to understand whether or not we are in a recession does not directly take into account inflation, but indirectly by taking into account other things that are influenced by inflation. But all the while, we should not consider inflation directly into our calculations 
of whether or not we are in a recession. How very convenient at a time when we are seeing the worst inflation rate since before I was born. The exact words of the release read, The committee does not directly consider inflation. However, it is embedded in the real income and spending variables it tracks, including those plotted in Figure 1. Those data show that while inflation is highly elevated, real spending is still growing, powered by one of the strongest labor markets on record, and an elevated stock of household savings. The article also brags about the current unemployment rate, which is also not a direct consideration into the new method of knowing whether or not we are in a recession, but they want to talk about this one to an extent they, interestingly, did not talk about inflation, which it claims is at a historical low. The unemployment rate, the one I just said it claims is at a historic low, they say is at 3.6%. Though the unemployment rate was at 3.2% in December of 1929, the year the stock market crashed, and it was also below 3.6% during much of World War II, and several years in the 50s and 60s. Also, I don't trust unemployment rates that much. There is help in looking at them, but I don't give them my full weight of trust, because with the current and long-standing definition of what counts someone in the unemployment rate, you can be out of a job and not counted in that percentage because you are considered to be one who has given up finding a job. That masks true unemployment rates. Also, think about it. How could we be at historically low unemployment rates, yet more businesses than ever have longer wait times than normal just because they can't get enough employees to fill all the positions they need? Something doesn't add up. And I think the key to unlock that question is what I just said about people who are considered to have given up on finding a job and therefore are not counted in unemployment rates. I plan to do a whole episode explaining that in more detail in the future, because I think it is an important topic when both major political parties use unemployment rates to bolster themselves and trash each other. Now, some people might respond, or maybe not respond accusatory, but just be wondering, but the economy doesn't seem that bad right now compared to what I've seen it in the past or maybe what I've heard about it has been in the past when I wasn't around or wasn't paying attention then. And even though we do have these two consecutive quarters of negative real GDP growth, things seem to be going pretty well. And to that, I just want to remind you of something I said several episodes ago where I said that when the government gets involved in the economy, it can be like a druggie who at first just a little high, just a little drugs is all he needs to get himself high. And he eventually just needs more and more until eventually he's taking a ton of drugs and it's just not giving him the same high it used to. And eventually if he keeps this up, he'll just overdose and die. I think I mentioned that in the episode on Magician's Nephew. And so there's a lot of uh, what I'll call economic black magic going on in the United States economy right now that is making at the current moment things seem a lot better than they really are, though a lot of people see how bad things are right now, especially 
when you compare the $3 dozen of eggs to the 75 cent dozen of eggs just two or three years ago, or maybe $2 dozen of eggs, either way, like double or triple the price it was just like three years ago. Even with all of that, sure, it doesn't feel as bad as things felt in, say, 08 and 09. But the government since 08 and 09 has been doing a lot more messing with the economy than it did beforehand. It already did a lot before 08 and 09 with the housing market crash and all of that. And so with that, basically, I guess what I'm saying is things are worse than what they seem like because the druggie that's just a couple overdoses away, sorry, the druggie that's just a couple hits away from overdosing feels like everything's going really great for him and he doesn't have to worry about overdosing because things are really great right now. But he's just feeling the high that he's currently feeling, not knowing that just a few more hits is when he's going to overdose and things will be catastrophic for him just like when the government involvement in the economy finally hits that overdose level things will be catastrophic for the economy and with the way the global economy works today it will be catastrophic for many different countries so because uh, definitions are important i thought this episode on definitions that relate to economics was also important he who controls definitions controls well just about everything You control definitions in a debate and you win the debate. You control definitions in a country and you control the minds of the citizenry. Don't fall for changing definition of terms when it is politically expedient to do so. No matter how good the reason for changing the definition sounds, especially when you take what was said at face value and do not think critically about it then it can sound really good, the reasons they provide. Uh, In closing, I just want to read, uh, as I was looking at several different articles for and against this whole concept of changing definitions of recession, I want to read a quote from one article from the New York Post. It said, Biden's advisors boast that the economy is on the path to steadier and more stable growth. The leading economic indicators index has fallen four months in a row. The purchasing managers index and services index are both signaling recession. The University of Michigan surveys of consumers last month reported the lowest recorded level of consumer confidence ever going back to 1952. Monday's Dallas Fed manufacturing outlook level shows rapid and sharp contraction in Texas. One survey respondent lamented that the economy is in shambles. By the way, you should really take into consideration things that the University of Michigan says about economics because their business department is rated much better than Ohio State's business department, so you should really take what U of M has to say into account. You know how economically you are doing now compared to a few years ago. And you probably have some idea of that same question for your friends and family as well. When we meet the decades-old standard for what is and is not a recession, and millions of people are feeling the economic crunch, be careful before you believe someone telling you the economy is doing great, probably better than it has in a long time, and that 
you apparently have nothing to worry about. That was this week's episode of Theonomony. As we go, I want to remind everyone that the law of the Lord is perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, and true. So go apply that law in light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life. Grace and peace, friends. Satisfies me Your law is sweet Oh you